0: clock.
1: Good morning, this is Northern Light for Thursday, September 21st. I'm Monica Sandreski.
0: And I'm Todd Moe.
1: New York just passed a law to make it easier to vote by mail. The governor says some Republicans are pushing back. As
2: we're seeing all across America, the right to vote is literally under attack. I could not have imagined as a child that I'd be standing here as an adult having to say we have to fight to defend the right to vote.
0: Governor Hochul also joined a ceremonial groundbreaking of a power converter station. It's part of a major hydroelectricity project that will run through two of the North Country's largest waterways.
1: Also on this show, we'll meet a volunteer group in Saranac Lake that's been beautifying the village for more than 100 years.
3: Today we are pruning the big Norway maple
1: that's overgrown itself.
0: And with the fall migration underway, a conversation with Rainbow Lake birder Jeff Beebe uh, with tips for beginning birders.
1: All of that and more is coming up on Northern Light. Stick with us.
0: Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by Gray and Gray and Associates CPAs, an accounting and financial services firm in northern New York, with offices in Canton, Potsdam, and Spring Hill, Florida, graycpas.com, and by Renew Architecture and Design, offering custom design services from the St. Lawrence River Valley to the Adirondacks. More at renewarchitecture.com.
1: This is Northern Light. I'm Monica Sandresky.
0: And I'm Todd Moe. Governor Kathy Hochul yesterday signed into law a measure to make it easier for New Yorkers to access mail in voting. Some New York Republicans, led by North Country Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, have filed a lawsuit to overturn it. Karen DeWitt has more.
3: Hokel, speaking at New York Law School, says all registered voters will now be able to request a mail-in ballot up to 10 days prior to Election Day. The ballots will come with postage-paid return envelopes, and they must be mailed back by Election Day and must be received by the local boards of election no later than seven days after voting. Hokel says it will make voting easier for average working New Yorkers, who might have to juggle jobs and caring for children and perhaps elderly parents as well.
2: But today we're going to right the wrong of the past and say it's finally time that people can vote by mail. We saw it work during the pandemic. We can do this. And we know that everyday people are so busy. I just described what a day is like. And it's just... Why not? Hochul says we can't take the continuation of democracy
3: for granted. She points to the January 6th storming of the Capitol in Washington, which left five dead. And she accused some Republicans of engineering a sinister, slow motion insurrection. She says the U.S. Supreme Court gutted the Federal Voting Rights Act a decade ago and 29 states have passed voter suppression laws.
2: As we're seeing all across America, the right to vote is literally under attack. I could not have imagined as a child that I'd be standing here as an adult having to say we have to fight to defend the right to vote in America. It is shocking.
3: Republicans in New York, led by Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, have filed a lawsuit looking to overturn the law. They say that by signing the bill, Hochul is repudiating the will of the voters of New York. In 2021, voters rejected an amendment to the state's constitution. It would have lifted restrictions in place for absentee voting and enacted no excuses mail-in voting. Stefanik, in a statement, says mail-in voting is less secure and that it unfairly benefits the Democratic Party which she says is trying to destroy what is left of the election integrity in New York. Democrats argue that the law is constitutional because it allows mail-in voting only for early voting, not for Election Day. Senate sponsor Deputy Majority Leader Mike Gianaris says opponents are trying to suppress the vote.
0: It will be opposed by people who don't want people to vote.
3: Hochul also signed measures that would create same-day registration on the first day of early voting. Local jails will now be required to provide voter registration information to those who are being released from custody and more comprehensive training will be conducted for poll workers. Hochul also signed a law establishing the date of New York's presidential primary. It will be April second, twenty 2024. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt.
1: Governor Hochul and other officials also gathered in Queens this week for the ceremonial groundbreaking of a power converter station. It's part of a major hydroelectricity project that will run through two of the North Country's largest waterways. The 339-mile Champlain-Hudson Power Express will bring carbon-free electricity from northern Quebec to power one million homes in New York City. Much of it will be laid along the bottoms of the Hudson River and Lake Champlain. Officials hope the Project will help New York State reach its goal of seventy percent renewable electricity by 2030, and Hochul said that transition is necessary. We are
2: now living the effects of what has happened over decades, where people not caring about what, what poison is being emitted into our waters, our streams, our air, and not caring about what is happening with all the discharges of carbon into our atmosphere.
1: She pointed to extreme weather linked to climate change like historic snowstorms and flooding and severe air quality in the state over the last year. Hochul said it's important to do what's right for future generations.
2: We are called upon to plan the future, to make it a better experience, better existence for our children and grandchildren. And shame on us if we don't act with urgency in this moment. Because future generations will not look kindly upon us if we do not.
1: Construction on the Champlain Hudson Power Express began last year in Whitehall. It's expected to be fully operational in spring 2026.
0: Two North Country soil and water conservation districts will get state funding to help farms enhance water quality. The districts in Franklin and Lewis counties will be, will get a combined $845,000 to work with nine farms. The farms are located in the Salmon, Chateaiguay, St. Regis, and Black River watersheds. The funding supports projects that will help the farms plant thousands of acres of cover crops to help reduce erosion, sedimentation, and nutrient loading into the watersheds. They'll also aim to help improve soil health and increase the farm's resilience to extreme weather conditions driven by climate change.
1: And a new conservation easement in Willsboro permanently protects almost 300 acres of farmland. The parcel includes more than two miles of natural forest along the Boquette River and its tributaries. The Adirondack Land Trust purchased the easement for $576,000. The organization says the Boquette River, quote, provides critical spawning habitat for salmon and other native fish. The protected land is also part of the Ben Weber Farm on Mountain View Drive. The farm is owned by Essex County Board of Supervisors Chair Sean Gilliland and his family.
0: You're listening to Northern Lights. We're here on North Country Public Radio. It's eight minutes past eight. Good morning. I'm Todd Moe.
1: And I'm Monica Sandresky. Just ahead, you don't need to be an expert to enjoy it birding. We'll talk with a Rainbow Lake birder for tips about getting started. That's coming up in just a few minutes here on Northern Light.
0: Music by the group Bee Children, based in Canton. You can check out more of their music online. Join us at ncpr.org slash underscore. Northern Light is supported by AdirondackExplorer.com and AdirondackAlmanac.com, presenting daily updated news on public policy, environmental issues, and local communities in the Adirondack Park. And by Cronin's Golf Resort, offering all golfers the opportunity to experience the fall foliage. Details at Cronin'sGolfResort.com.
1: New York is now the fourth state in the nation to require employers to include pay rates in all job ads. The new law took effect earlier this month. Rochester-based attorney Jared Cook says the new state law on pay transparency, tra- excuse me, pay transparency aims to narrow historic pay inequities. Whether it will work, he says, remains to be seen.
4: That's the idea, is that as it becomes more common knowledge what these jobs pay, then it'll be a lot harder to get away with you know, paying women or paying people of color less than paying men or white folks to do the the exact same
1: work. According to state labor data, white women in New York earned 88 cents for every dollar men earned in 2021. For black and Hispanic women, it was less than 70 cents. In the short term, Cook says employers offering competitive rates will likely see a bump in applicants. Those who pay below market wages and salaries, however, might be hurt by the new law.
4: But I imagine that over time, you'll probably see employers kind of coalescing around uh, a certain range of pays for different jobs that may be a bit narrower than before.
1: Cook says the new pay transparency law applies to all work that is physically done in the state or employment that reports to a supervisor in New York if done remotely.
0: The State Police Dispatch Center in Lewis will likely relocate to Troop B headquarters in Raybrook in the next few months. The center and the Troop's Zone 3 headquarters are currently located in the Essex County Public Safety Building. According to the Plas- Plasburg Press Republican, a 10-year lease between state police and the county expired in 2018. They haven't been able to negotiate a new agreement since then, so state police is moving out. The the paper reports that the county needs to utilize the space for its own purposes. State police leadership expect that moving the dispatch center will cost several hundred thousand dollars.
1: In small communities, volunteer organizations do a lot. Think of volunteer ambulances, volunteer-run thrift stores and food banks, volunteer drivers for the elderly... And in Saranac Lake, a volunteer group has been beautifying the village for 113 years. Amy Feireisel caught up with a few members of the Village Improvement Society as they trimmed a tree downtown.
5: Vest Pocket Park is next to the library in Saranac Lake. It's got flowers, some benches, a big tree in the back. It's one of six parks that the Village Improvement Society owns. Each one is managed by a board member. This park's shepherd is Roger Steinbrook.
3: I'm the park manager for the past 10, 15 years, so I dedicate myself to take care of the flowers that come out during the spring and summer.
5: He also tends to several flower gardens around town, including a World War I memorial garden. But today, Steinbrook has thick gloves on, and he's loading tree branches onto a trailer.
3: Today we are pruning the big... Norway maple that's overgrown itself.
5: Doing the actual cutting is the president of the Village Improvement Society, Randall Swanson. He's hanging from the maple tree. He's wearing a red harness and is tied into two different branches. You have
2: to stay safe, and you don't want to spike the tree because that could harm it. So we actually use ropes, like a lot of rock climbing techniques, so that I can climb around in the tree.
5: Swanson teaches arboriculture and landscape management at Paul Smith's.
2: And rather than hiring somebody to do the work today... We volunteers got together to, to prune the tree. We had to get the branches up off these benches and off the building.
5: They've been at it for a few hours, and Swanson is headed back up to make one last cut on a branch he missed. He works his way up the tree by cranking on an ascender.
2: A lot of grunting when you do this, right? Okay.
5: Then he positions himself and moves a couple ropes, aided by another volunteer, Tom Long. Well,
2: Tom, hold on. Yeah. We're going to tie that on over on this side. Oh, okay. So it doesn't bounce through the crown of the tree.
4: Yeah.
2: Untie that just for a second. Yep. We're going to pull this rope all the way through to this side.
5: Long is a recent and enthusiastic volunteer.
0: Because I love gardens, and I love what the village is doing for their village. I just grew up, you know, tending my family gardens and... My grandfather was a gardener. and Long
5: is retired, and he moved to Saranac Lake from Syracuse last year.
0: Like the first day I got here, I noticed all these parks. And I saw the sign. It said Village Improvement Society, and it gave a website, said I wanted to volunteer, and that, and I started, and I haven't stopped.
5: Long ties an electric chainsaw to a rope, and Swanson pulls it up and starts cutting. There are about 20 people involved in the Village Improvement Society, between board members and volunteers. They're all unpaid and all very hands-on, as evidenced here in Vest Pocket Park. The three men I spoke with say a few people donating their time can make a huge difference. Amy on North Country Public Radio, in downtown Saranac Lake. <laughs>
0: listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe.
1: I'm Monica Sandresky. Just a minute, tips for beginning birders. Then stick around after the show to put that to work on Bird Note, the power of partnerships between albatrosses. That's coming up at 842. But first, Todd has a look at the weather for us.
0: Mm, Great weather for birding today and tomorrow. Sunshine, highs near 70, light winds out of the west-southwest. Clear skies tonight, lows in the 40s. And then tomorrow, a high in the low 70s. The weekend at this point, Saturday, the first day of autumn, partly to mostly cloudy skies, highs in the upper 60s. And then Sunday, partly cloudy, highs near 70. Looks like a slight chance of some rain early next week. But uh, sunshine today and tomorrow with highs upper 60s, low 70s. Right now we have fair skies, 46 degrees here in Canton.
1: Jeff Bybee says he's always loved the outdoors, but never really thought about becoming a serious birder. He grew up in northern Pennsylvania and learned some of the basics of bird watching from his grandmother. These days, he and his wife, Linda, share a home in Rainbow Lake near Paul Smith's. Linda is a Paul Smith's college graduate and also taught at the school.
0: The couple spent some time living in Ohio before returning to the Adirondacks in 2007. When he retired just a few years ago, Jeff Bybee says that's when he got serious about birding. As part of our ongoing series of conversations with birders and uh, conversations about birding, I caught up with Jeff this week to talk about how he learned to really love birding a little later in life and the sparkbird that got him interested. I think, you know, people
6: talk about a sparkbird, what what got you interested. And, and looking back, it was... Uh, the springtime, we were sitting at the house, and I've always fed birds too you know, feeders and suet and so on. And uh, it was March, I believe, late March, and I had a bird show up on my suet feeder that I couldn't identify, I'd never seen before. And it was this beautiful uh, dark blue bird. And again, not being a, a birder with really a capital B at that point, I, I didn't, and I had guidebooks, ran to the guidebook, and figured out it was a Black-throated Blue Warbler, which I had never heard of, oh. <laughs> and that kind of sparked my interest. I guess it's it, it just like, wow, well, there's birds around here that I wasn't aware of. You know, obviously they'd been here, uh, and just I hadn't noticed them. Yeah, that prompted me to uh, just to really get serious about it and to uh, go out and look for birds. So that's kind of
0: kind of how I became a capital B birder. Right. <laughs> I love that sparkbird story, and, and that is so true, I think, that sometimes you do run across a strikingly colored bird. It really catches your attention, and you kind of go, wait a minute, I've never seen that bird before. What is that?
6: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then once I started that search looking for birds, uh, I discovered more and more of these birds that had been living here with us yeah. You know, this whole time, and I just hadn't taken the time to really notice and, and to... Seek them out, so I think that's what really drew me into into birding to you know to actually take time and go out and, and look for birds, and then not only just look for them, but to then I'm curious, so I you know want to learn about them, what their habits, when they live here year round or they just what their habits are, and it's just that learning process that uh, just satisfies something in me.
0: So, I've talked to other birders and, and birders with a capital B, Jeff, And but I'm, I'm so glad to be able to chat with you, and I'm I'm sure. sort of curious, what, uh, do you have advice, or, or if someone is sort of like, well, I'm, I'm kind of interested in birding, I see them when I go for hikes and things, but how do you sort of take that next step? What did you do to, you know, you bird guides and things like that?
6: Yeah, guides are
0: invaluable.
6: Uh, the books themselves, or in my case, I use... Uh, uh, David Sibley app, which is uh-huh. extremely useful, but I think if someone really wants to, uh, you know, kind of like I was, where, okay, now I want to really do this as a, as a hobby and a, something I think I would enjoy, I would encourage those people to, to seek out other birders. If you see someone, you know, if you're out for a hike and you see some birders, just stop and ask questions, because every birder that I know is more than happy to share their knowledge, expertise, uh, hints, advice, the great thing about the birding community as i found out it's it's very uh close but a very welcoming community and we want to uh, and in fact <laughs> it's kind of true of the stereotypical birder is a little bit on the uh, older side a little gray you know we we really want to get more young people involved okay. you know i wish someone had taken me under their wing many years ago and and just encouraged me to uh you know, take a little a little more uh serious, I guess, if you will. Ask uh, questions if if you see someone out there birding. Um, The other thing I would uh, suggest is to uh, look around for, uh, well, uh, Northern New York Audubon, which I happen to be a member of, and actually I'm on the board, have bird walks throughout the North Country, and they're open to people of all skill levels. In fact, most of the people that join us on the walks are people Kind of just starting out, wanting to learn and, and go birding with a more experienced person.
0: Yeah, that is the piece of advice I hear the most: is uh, catch up with somebody who knows birds, and um, you'd be amazed at kind of what you've been missing when you go <laughs> when you go for a hike in the woods because they'll point that out. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
6: And I was very fortunate early on when I when I started. I, again, I live near Paul Smith, so there's some great birding hotspots in this area: the Bloomingdale Bog. <sighs> Paul Smith College, Vic. And it was early on, uh, just after I'd really gotten serious and started birding, that I was uh, birding at the Vic and ran into uh, Brian McAllister, who is one of the foremost birders in the in the Adirondacks in the North Country, uh, an ornithology professor, and just a wealth of knowledge. So anyway, we struck up a conversation and, uh, he offered me a, a ton of advice and it turns out we became friends and <laughs> he and I have gone birding, uh, gosh, dozens and dozens of times. So you never know what kind of friendship you might strike up just, uh, just by saying hello to somebody out there with a pair of binoculars. It's just a, a, a great, uh, for me, I find it, uh, therapeutic to get out. It's, it's almost like meditation where you just kind of, uh, Taking in information instead of constantly, uh, you know, you you get your mind going and uh, you're thinking a thousand different things all at the same time. And when I'm out birding, I just, uh, I'm just taking in, I'm listening, I'm looking and
0: it's uh, very therapeutic. Jeff Bybee lives and watches birds in Rainbow Lake in the Adirondacks. You can hear more conversations about birds, birding, on our website, ncpr.org. And we'd love to hear your birding story, your spark bird, your birding experiences here in the North Country, beginner or expert. Email us, radio at ncpr.org.
1: You're listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio. It's coming up on 825 here soon. I'm Monica Sandresky here with Todd Moen. I want to let you know about a few of the events going on throughout the region, including out in the uh, Lake George area in the town of Thurman. Thurman hosts their annual fall farm tour just 20 minutes from Lake George. Uh, You can follow a self-guided map to over a dozen working farms, businesses, sugar houses, and a quilt show. Experience life on the farm. With ragged wagon rides, wood walks, campfires, and ice cream, that's in the town of Thurman. Coming up the first weekend in October, you can find out more from Thurman-NY.com.
0: Lots of great music happening this weekend. Hot Club of Saratoga will be at Blue Seed Studios in Saranac Lake Friday night. Doors open at 6.30. The show starts at 7. And then Maeve Gilchrist, Harper, composer, producer, will be in concert at the Yellow Barn, the Iva Smith Memorial Gallery of Fine Art in Hammond. The Yellow Barn concert series on Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock.
1: And it's always a good time for music this Friday from 3 to 5. Join David Summerstein for a live broadcast of the Beat Authority at Racket River Brewing in Tupper Lake. Enjoy great beats from all over the world, giveaways, and tons of fun this Friday from 3 to 5. It's a Beat Authority live radio broadcast from Racket River Brewing in Tupper Lake. That's from 3 to 5 coming up. This Friday And also don't forget to uh, get your tickets For some major shows This uh, The Toronto based group The Beaches is a girl group That's been pretty hot lately With a new album Blame My Ex just out They're super fun, great wordplay And word choice NPR has featured them a bit And they're coming to Hamilton, Ontario And Montreal next month uh, We've got a bit of a preview This is their song, Shower Beer I fished a By the Toronto-based girl group Beaches, that from their new album "Blame My Ex," they're coming to Hamilton on hair. Excuse me, Hamilton, Ontario, and Montreal next month. That again is the group, The Beaches.
0: That's it for Northern Light.
1: Morning edition continues in just a minute. Steve Inskeep is going to sit down with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky coming up in just a couple of minutes. That's following Zelensky's address to world leaders at the United Nations yesterday. You can hear that conversation coming up in about six minutes right here on North Country Public Radio. Then join us at lunchtime today for a good conversation with Leslie Jones of Saturday Night Live. She holds the distinction of having been the oldest person to join the cast, which she did at age 47. We'll hear about her new memoir as she's in conversation with uh, Terry Gross on Fresh Air. That's from noon to one today here on NCPR. I'm Monica Sandresky.
0: And I'm Todd Mo, thanks for joining us. Be well.